I ain't your expectation I don't dress like you I don't need to wear a Stetson hat or cowboy boots Alright boys and girls, I'm, I'm in the south right now and we have a country artist on Travis E, legendary country artist um, Side, do you want to tell us more about this episode? He was just a great down-to-earth guy, man, and like, he's not only a good singer, he's also like, he's a funny guy, he's just very entertaining to talk to, and it was just a very fun podcast episode to, like, throughout, so check it out. Fun personality, great country singer, was on a national game show, check it out, on H of the Show. Thank you, (laughs) 310 of H of the Show, we've been doing this 310 times now, traveling around the world. Aaron, oh yeah, Vegas, Dang. Nevada. Check it out. How's it going, Travis? See our first country singer on the show. Applause. Yeah. Yes. I want spending, my first country singer. Yeah, spreading yes. country around the world. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> country to um, the moon. Country to the moon. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Travis. Well, here we go. Um, so there are a lot of country singers out there. A lot of great country singers. Countries like a genre that's been around for a while. Why should people listen to Travis E? Because I'm awesome. that's that's all you need that's (laughs) That's all you need no like the 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 real answer i guess would say you know initially i started because i I was very passionate and just it's Mm -hmm. something that i love to do just like you guys have passions for things and i think the more people mention like oh cool a different face for the industry something different something unique i never thought of it that way i thought more so people aren't going to accept me i thought i'd get a lot more hate and you know 180 i've been using people telling me that they believe in me and that I can do it to really motivate me and, and pursue this because yeah, my voice still sound like has a traditional country sound. So like on the radio, whether I say I'm Asian or not, right. It still can sound like good country music. And luckily for me, when people see me though, it, it's more of a shock of, I wasn't expecting that face, but it, it's not any disappointment or anything. So it's, it's definitely driven me to be okay with it. And there hasn't been pressure as far as you shouldn't be doing this. Right, so for people around the world, and for me also to understand, so there are not that many Asian people doing country music, right? Mm-hmm. A lot, lot is that the situation right now, and um, that's why people find it strange when they find your voice matches you. Because uh, I also want to bring up that I found you on the show called. Um, oh, I can see. Your I voice. can. I can see your voice. Yeah, we can jump. Amazing show, right? Where they had yeah. Travis, yeah, singing, pretending to sing, whether he's a good singer bad singer and he finally is actually a good singer and actually has a great country voice but it doesn't people don't really expect that that voice comes from someone who looks like you um is that, oh, that yeah. was the is first the- time I, that was the first time i've ever performed in front of anybody also on a tv show oh wow because i'm just used and to live that- streaming and not leaving my house whoa and how'd that feel when you yeah so you're oh, doing when i walked through the door the first day <laughs> i was so scared intimidated nervous under experienced and then by day 10, when we finished filming, best experience of my life. I feel like I could do anything at this point. I still have not performed live. I'm scared of it. But I, I know that that's going to be like the next phase. But if I'm on camera, like on a Instagram or a TikTok, no problem. But the second you're in front of me, even if it's just you two in front of me, something just makes me like, oh, God, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's strange, right? Um, yeah. so you're, you're worried about a live audience. It doesn't yeah. work out for you. Oh, which is more weird because what people have told me is it's actually it should be easier performing live because people are only partially paying attention to you or they're drinking or doing something else so we're on a live stream like they're actually like watching you 
but I also right. can't see the reactions except in a chat. So I think that makes it easier. And that's why I think posting on YouTube and Instagram is easier because I'm still recording in a room by myself. So there's no right. distractions, you know, no one can mess me up. And then I think in a live crowd, you're staring at people staring back at you. And I think it's easy to get in your head of what are they thinking? It's true. Yeah. yeah. We do live in a world now where a bunch of, a lot of things are online, right? So people are streaming online. People are making music straight to SoundCloud and directly yeah. communicating with people. Um, but um, you, like, how are you going to get past the fear of meeting people, right? And singing songs to people in front of people. That's also a huge part of music. And um, yeah, how do you get past it? I'm just going to be a digital country singer. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? This could be the world. Is that actually your plan? Is that actually how no, you No, no, no. I don't I don't think that's realistic. Unless, like, unless, <laughs> right. Unless like no, it's, NFT. Very, it's very future based to be honest, you know. Yeah, like, NFTs and music, right? I'll just make everything <laughs> NFT. <laughs> non fungible so, yeah. Travis. <laughs> I mean I mean that could work. Yeah, why not, man? Go for it. <laughs> Honestly. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I know that performing live is a thing, right? That's how more more people connect and and like honestly, I think that's you know, from a career standpoint, that's where you make money, you know, from touring and, and traveling and, and meeting people and merchandise and all that. So I know that I have to put myself out there. I have started, like my goal for this year is to go to Nashville every every three or four months. And I've been doing that so far just to get out there because I'm not ready to move there yet. I don't think it's necessary because mm -hmm. if I'm just recording music and writing, I could do that on Zoom and in Vegas. Right. But I know that once people start saying, hey, Travis, do you want to perform here? Or do you want to do this gig? Like, I'm not... I myself am not actively seeking out opportunities because there's that barrier of if I seek out an opportunity, then I have to perform live, which is the stupidest reason to not reach out. But that's that's my you know, that's my my bridge right now. But I'm sure when people start saying, hey, we want you to sing a song at our show or something, I know that I'll just have to say yes and just deal with it. And then I'm sure once I do it, I'll probably be like, why did I wait so long? So you're saying you're saying how other people are like telling you to, you know, tour. And if you take an opportunity, you would have to tour. But what about you? Do you actually want to tour? Do you want to perform eventually in front of a live audience? Like, oh, is this one of your goals? Yeah, uh, I, th I think honestly, the fear, I don't even know it's a fear, but the hesitation is just the lack of experience. I have zero experience. And so the only thing yeah. that I have is on a completely higher caliber is performing on a TV show in front of celebrities and lights and cameras. Right. But in a way, that's still different that's still more what i'm used to because there's camera in front of me so i'm used to just focusing on a camera whereas mm -hmm. if there's 100 people in front of me i know there's tips and tricks of like looking at the back of the room or looking above their heads but i am the type of person that likes direct eye contact and mm -hmm. so i would almost have to like get rid of that mindset and just make people pretend i'm looking at them i don't you know i don't know all the tips and tricks and stuff but yeah weird. i mean and it is weird right post-covid world i feel like I don't know what is going to change. I mean, we're still able to do interviews through Zoom, so that's awesome for us. But I guess <laughs> for some artists, they have to go back out and perform live again. I want to know, so one of the things that the internet loves is covers, right? And, and that's what you do a lot of. You do uh, the WAP cover, the Pokemon cover, <laughs> all the great covers you've done on Travis so What is Yeah, what I saw is, the WAP cover. <laughs> what, what is it about covers that is so great? Well, before getting to that, one of the, my favorite comments is, an Asian guy singing a country song by a black <laughs> artist in America. <laughs> that's like the most like uh, mixed race <laughs> song ever. Perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> and so um, I I enjoy doing covers. I think starting out, it's 
strategically a smart thing to do because people look up their favorite songs, right? They don't look up yeah. Travis, they look up Cardi B, Bruno Mars, whatever. And so that's the idea. And I grew up on R&B and, and pop music. And so for me, I feel like it's easy to just to sing anything that is not country and make it country because my natural singing voice is country. But the mm. kind of like rewinding real quick, the funny thing is whenever I sang in the car, not as a profession, but just singing to along to things, I always had a twang. But because I grew up in San Francisco, it was never associated to country music. It was just how I sang, which was the weirdest thing ever. And then once I got introduced to country music, people started saying, wow, your voice has a nice twang. And I realized that a twang was a country thing. And then it it like it just kind of like married into nothing. None of this was planned. None of this was a goal. None of this was a dream. It just everything just started happening. And I I grew a love for it. It's the weirdest thing ever. My journey is the most random thing ever. Seriously. Wait, OK, so before we go, go on, what's a twang? <laughs> like, I was going to ask kind of that. Yeah, what's a twang? <laughs> So a twang is like when you sing like, so like if someone were like, I, what's the, what's a good example? Like, okay, so like, blame it all on my, like that part, like blame it all on my roots, like that thing is a twang. So instead okay. of saying like, blame it all on my roots, it's, I don't know why it happens, but it just happens. So it's like a musical voice crack? That's, that's it's kind of like a bridge. So like, yeah. from what I'm learning from it, it when I watch YouTube videos. That's how I learn how to sing is watch YouTube videos. I don't want to pay anybody to learn how to sing <laughs> and they may not be the best anyway. So I'm cheap, right? I got to save my, my money for like Jack in the box and stuff. But when, when, what I learned is if you sing a certain thing, you know, how people go into falsetto. So they'll sing something like, like guys, when they sound like girls, like, hey, or whatever. Yeah. It's like a way to get from, from, from low voice to high voice. So it's like, Hey, like kind of like that but it just playing with the pitch basically uh or like frequency a way i guess yeah yeah okay so that's that's the twang basically that's, that's a what twang. it is that's a twang yeah and <laughs> yeah well it's funny too because i didn't know that people said yee yee and yee and my last name is yee <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so as i started getting into country music i was like everyone saying my last name that's so cool but not intentionally and then i was like oh that's a thing all right so you have a very country voice when i hear you saying that's i don't know country voice but you grew up in san francisco <laughs> and like san francisco you said right so how did you even get a instead of a natural country voice how i don't know i just tell people it's like when british people talk and then they sing a song and they sound american like i don't know pretty much yeah or oh, like wow. there's a what's the what's the thing um people that have a stutter they can sing perfectly, but when they talk, yeah. they can't speak perfectly. So I don't know if it's just one of those weird, unique things and it just kind of worked out for me and created this thing. Whereas maybe if I didn't sound like that, I would have never pursued it. Or maybe if I was never introduced to a country song, I would have never. So I feel like all these different things kind of just happened, but literally I should not look like this. Like I probably was like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate Asian food. I hate rice. I don't know how to use chopsticks. I love barbecue. I love Italian food. Like it, everything doesn't make sense. I, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> yeah. Life's a mystery, right? All right. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you have a new record coming out or a new single coming out. What's your new project coming out? Oh yeah. It's coming out next Friday. It's called eyes like mine. And it's, it's basically me just telling people and encouraging people to do what they want to do, no matter what people tell them. And, you know, we've heard it so many times, but I thought the, the title was clever just because I'm Asian. But 
what I what I did in the music, I actually posted a clip today. I don't or in, in the past two, but I actually invited a lot of friends and family to be a part of the music video. So I edited the whole video myself, but different ages, different ethnicities, different genders, all that kind of stuff, just to show that like we're all different. And I, you know, it's been told many different times, especially in the past year of like equality and stuff like that. And it's just another, you know, another way of of telling my story that's relatable to me, but other people can relate to. And I think that's what music is meant to do. So, and I think it's awesome mm -hmm. when you're doing it. Like eyes like mine, it's uh, a little tongue in cheek. It's a little comedic, but also addresses something serious. I do love like comedy when musicians use memes and comedy. I think it's a huge thing because that, that's the internet. The internet loves memes. The internet loves comedy. So I really hope. Um, oh, let me. Really so, off. Yeah. <laughs> so the so the okay so the idea is to have an album by the end of the year, but I want to have song titles like Bad Driver, Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> But it has nothing. To, but it has nothing to do. I think for marketing, it'd be genius, right? But it, it has nothing to do with the songs itself. Would have nothing to do with my race. It's just the title. But the album would be like, Travis wants to tell you why he's a bad driver, or I think I I love the idea of it. So I think it's funny. No, I think it's funny, and I think it's a great marketing idea. Awesome. <laughs> so it seems like you said you randomly happened to become a country singer. Is there something you wanted to do at first and then you turn into a country singer? Oh, yeah. Uh, so what I still do today is what I wanted to do. So at the age of 11, I started building websites. Uh, I was a typical introverted stay at home on weekends after school and, and do computer stuff, right? Play games and do all that kind of stuff. But um, I started drop shipping when I was 13 years old, um, selling for people on eBay and just sending them money, getting them leads basically and, and making a profit. And honestly, at the age of 15, I was making like $500 a week. And wow. I was like, so my dad always tells me when I was 15, he said, I told, I don't remember this. He was like, I said to him, why do you wake up and drive to work every single day? Why don't you just do it from home? Right. <laughs> I had a computer. I had AOL 1.0. I had my AOL email address. I was able to use Netscape Navigator at the time and eBay and do all my all my things through email and it wasn't even through phone or anything it was just through email but at the time i didn't because i was so young i didn't think i didn't know what i was doing mm -hmm. it was just what fell into my lap and i kind of just made it work and i think at the time too you know parents our parents you know kind of old school and we'll get into that phase with like younger people but they didn't see what i was doing as something that would scale i guess you can say because it wasn't a typical nine to five, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys are the same as me. Even when I went to school, I felt like it was a waste of time. I would, I would definitely agree. It's, yep. uh... <laughs> as, as if the nine to five scales, right? Nine to five is the same. You work the same thing forever. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, versus, I don't yeah. think I can fit into that lifestyle. You know, the stick, sticking, sitting behind a desk and like working on a computer all the time. I, I can't sit in one place at, for long periods of time. It's just. No, it doesn't sit right with me and I, I i have adhd so like i always have energy so i, I kind of have to do other stuff you know give me anything but yeah. just don't just don't hold me down man just like however i have a lot of energy but i also can just sit on my bed for eight hours and watch netflix <laughs> yeah through that yeah exactly <laughs> Some actually, reason that works. <laughs> actually i have actually uh i can't do that anymore uh yeah i have to do something else i constantly have to do many multiple things in a day it's just you know this there's just constantly i think it's, it has to do with this podcast as well 
because like mm-hmm. with all the knowledge that I've been acquiring, it's basically just driven me more to like I still need to learn more. You know, it's like I constantly need to do something. So I'll do things for a short period of time, even if if uh, I'm spending a few hours playing video games, I have to play like three different video games in this sh- in this specific time period. I can't play just one and constantly just focus on it. I need to take breaks and then do something else. You watch I'm YouTube the, videos and I'm, like, yeah. I'm the opposite of that now, especially nowadays. I'm becoming way more relaxed. I could just sit out here on this thing and just talk for like hours. Oh, yeah. Just sit on the bench and just lay down or just read a book. Ali, you're or... sitting, you're in the middle of nowhere. You, you got, I'm a, yeah, I'm you got to be relaxed. Right now. <laughs> you have to meditate, man. Exactly. You have, you're like in a zen farmlands. zone, man. Like, it, must, is, yeah. it, must, it must be cool, like doing a podcast on a movie set, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina right now. Awesome, because I'm in the South. So what is it? So a lot of the Southern music has a lot to do with the culture of the South, right? But you don't really live that Southern culture. So... How are you going to go about that? Um, that's a good question. So I think I don't, I'm not really good at goal setting because I initially am somebody that doesn't like to set myself up for failure if I don't meet those expectations, but I do like deadlines when it comes to work or projects or whatnot. Um, but when it comes to this, it's so open and wide as far as opportunity and what you can do that like tomorrow, something may fall on my lap or I may come up with an idea, but um, what's nice about like going viral and stuff is a lot of songwriters have actually reached out to me. And I know initially, you know, there's a give and take, right? Hey, you know, Travis is becoming a name and stuff like that. So if we get a, a song on him, then we can, you know, share royalties and stuff on our song. I get it. Um, but it's also saving me because I'm also an introvert when it comes to introducing myself to people. So like mm-hmm. if we were at a event or whatever, and you two were just chilling on the side, I would never walk up to you guys and be like, Hey, what do you guys do? Like, I, I don't like bothering people. And I feel like, everyone's better than me. I just, I just can't do that. But if you walked up to me, we're talking for hours, right? Cause you broke the uh, ice. Yeah, I, would, I would definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I think with, you know, these opportunities, like obviously they're taking advantage, but like, I'm going to jump on the opportunity because it's a free, free opportunity to increase my skill and my knowledge. Even with you guys reaching out to me, I'm getting better and better with speaking to people. I feel like, yeah. whereas my first interview, just um 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 and like and like and like and all that kind of stuff and so yeah. it does it's practice yeah yeah uh i will say that my first so my first song was called everything but country and the reason why i wrote it is because every time i told somebody what kind of music do you like they would say i don't like everything but country <laughs> <laughs> she loves everything but country yeah, <laughs> yeah so i thought that i thought that'd be a funny play on words of you know a girl that likes everything but country and it's a country and, song. Yeah, and it's a country song. And then, <laughs> yes. and, and then this song too, right? It's a it's a country song, but it has nothing to do with. Well, it it has like certain things about being in the South as far as what people expect a country artist to do, but it's not me singing about experience and is and stuff. So, if anything, too, if I could write songs that introduce like a new avenue of you know, it doesn't have to be about honky tonks and beer and and whatever. And about my journey and if people are you know happy to just kind of hear a different avenue of how a country song can be formed and stuff like that i guess then mm-hmm. i i'm more open and happy to write about it if people like especially this song right people like this song i feel like this one is more personal and more of an introduction to me than everything but country was mm-hmm. and so oh, wow yeah and this one, I this to one ask- took more time this one yeah. this one was a lot more detailed this one i 
put more time in everything but country was honestly something I wrote and then I need to get something out so let's just put it out whereas this one was more planned and and just thought more out genuine well yeah. can't wait to hear the full mm -hmm. thing then yes Me I, too. you have a question <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, what I wanted to ask is um so you're I guess you you would say you're uh, Asian uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I guess you would say I mean, no, besides, we're both, we both like, are too. We're different ages. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you're basically a rare presence in the, the country world. So I wanted, what, I wanted to, <laughs> what I wanted to ask is uh, actually, did you, re did you receive a lot of support, you know, going into this field? And like, was it an easy thing to go into? I mean, you also mentioned how you're kind of, you're in a pretty independent person. So you didn't really, you know, need anyone's support. But, but did you have it? yeah um well so with the independent thing yeah i saved all that money invested in, in crypto you know uh but <laughs> I love it. it's like every other guest i swear to god everyone's investing every yeah. other guest every other guest is just like yeah we invested in crypto and now i get to hang out and do my passion <laughs> however not to sidetrack too much i am really mad because i bought a lot of shares of amc when amc was the stupidest thing to invest in mm. and it went up to 70 dollars but yep. i sold a month ago at 13. Well, that's life. You, yeah, you never know what happens in the stock market, but so you can stupid. know what happens Ugh. with a singer, right? If you invest in your voice, it'll keep growing. But I'm, <laughs> I'm happy, you know, I'm, I, even though Elon Musk and China, like, demolished the crypto market last yep. month or whatever, I'm, I'm still happy with my Ethereum, you know, and my Matic and, okay, well, whatever. We can, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> talk about it later. I can talk about crypto all day. You should write a country song about crypto. Well, did you see? <laughs> um, I posted a TikTok where I posted a... Um, uh, I, I did like a little cover of like the crypt, the crypto market crashing as a country song. Oh, I gotta check that. Yeah, one it's out. on. It's like the sixth <laughs> yeah, one down or something like that. All right, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, what were we yeah, talking about? <laughs> Travis, let's go back. So, how did you go from a guy drop shipping at fifteen to writing your country music? Right? I don't know. She loves everything but country. What happened in that phase? <laughs> That's the missing piece. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just woke up one day. I was like, I, need, I guess I sing country music. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have, because everything happened so randomly, I don't know the track record of why and what and when stuff happened. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> I'm actually making... going, going back to, right. the, to my question. I'd, uh, what's good about you, about my, uh, the support that you received going into the, oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to know about that everyone is so supportive and so loyal you know friends and family and i think it's one of those ideas of you know even without me because i don't think i'm anything and you always want to mm -hmm. like oh i wish i could be friends with someone famous right you you look up to people and idolize people oh i, I think it'd be sick to be friends with you know your you, whoever an actor a musician whatnot or what is, what is it like to be on a red carpet event or what is it like to be on a tv show and so i think because i'm pursuing it, you know, and, and and still nervous doing a lot of these things too, because it's the first time for a lot of these opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I think them watching and kind of living and experiencing the journey of the music business, business and the entertainment business and the songwriting process, and I guess the attention that's coming with it is something that resonates with people because they know that they'll never do anything like that. And so it's kind of cool to see someone else do it Whereas like, if you look like 30 years ago, right? Your parents, a parent would say, why would you, why would you do singing? Why would you do podcasts? Why would you do? Yeah, it's not typical, very true. 
right? So I think people saying it actually work, it is still very few to none, right? It, it's still a very hard industry to, to stand out and really get any kind of um, attention. But I think because it's something that they've seen the work put in and mm -hmm. once again, because it's so random, like none of them know why I got into it just as much as I don't know why I got into it. It just kind of happened. And so I think the story of just the the birth and the and the growth of how it just kind of all randomly is is forming into this beautiful career i guess you can say is just mm. almost fascinating even for myself but for mm. them too like, mm. yeah it, it is kind of fascinating and the, yeah, the country true. community was uh was welcoming or was it uh, like the opposite like how, how did they, how did they react yeah, I, I, literally, I when I first started doing this or when I started pursuing it more, I thought I was going to get a lot more hate. But my mindset is like, I could care less. I could be petty and like respond back and be like, whatever. And I think it's fun to do that. But and I know I have to watch out now more and more, but <laughs> I'll check grammar check, you know, make sure I don't offend anyone. I want to yeah. ask you about. Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I was, continue, uh, you can continue. But yeah. I think I literally maybe get one percent hate. And honestly, I don't even know if it's people that know what they're saying. I think it's just trolls, honestly. Yep. Yeah. Sounds, Sounds like a very, a very nice community to be a part of. Yeah, <laughs> and people, right. it's kind of cool, right? People, all the people from Asian countries are being introduced to country music now. And wow. so I'm like, BTS, let's do a collab. You know, I don't know. <laughs> let's do a collab, B BTS. Let's do a collab. Let's get BTS on the podcast. Skyrocket me like that much faster. <laughs> Dude, honestly, BTS, I don't know how they control their own growth, I don't know, right? Yeah. But it's also strict. I mean, country right now, uh, you join this country, like you're right now, you're writing country music, you're making country music. Um, I want to know what you think about Old Town Road. And because that was the thing where also like someone, a different a black person at this point, he made a song and it also with the power of memes yeah. made it blow up. And it was the top song for a very long time and crushed all the records. How did you feel about uh, that when that happened? Did it motivate you? Because it did it make you feel like you could also do something like this? Um, I actually didn't really like think about like anything about that song being a, a game changer. Just because I think because I so, like my image and stuff is unique. So like I don't look at like a black person seeing country music being different just because. That's fair. Like, oh, you yeah. Know? No, um, that's fair. But I I also when I heard that song, I was like, this isn't country though. Like, <laughs> it and then they had Billy Ray Cyrus, and I was like, okay, but uh, that's the country, country. Parts about it. Billy Ray it's, a little bit, it's a little bit country now. It's Cause true. he is a rapper, right? Yeah. Like all of his songs are rap songs. That one, that one still right, was yeah. a rap song with just country instruments, I guess you can say. Yeah. But, but I think what I love about that situation specifically was the memes yeah. part of it, how he was able to like dominate the internet, make memes out of it. And he was able to bring Billy Ray Cyrus on just through memes and the internet loving him. So I think that's what's inspiring for, yeah. for me. Did and, you hear that? Uh, he actually just yeah. like on YouTube went to like beats and stuff and just found a beat and just paid a hundred bucks. Like, wow. he, he literally, that's it. And then put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> like literally like yep. a cool story. Yeah. That's wow. That's a pretty smart move, man. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. there, was no, there was no recording studio. He just did like how I do. Just record at your house, put your vocals over a free track that you paid to get licensed and then posted it and then that's it yeah i mean that is inspiring wow. <laughs> that is inspiring for for me and i yeah. think um, that just shows yeah. you can any as long as you have passion and a good work ethic 
yeah. and just keep on going at it because we also don't know like how long he's been trying to get a song out either right but i think as as long as you care then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fast pace yourself past the people that give up or slow down because they're afraid you know and 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 i think there's a lot of regret for people that slowed down or just waited two years to do something and then obviously you get inspired by people that are doing the same thing you're doing and hopefully that pushes you to say f it i'm gonna just release something now and if whether people don't like it or not at least i'm proud to just i didn't hold on to it for a whole year i just i got it done and it's out there now and i'm working on the next project and then kind of uh get better over time instead of trying to perfect one thing and making it 100 percent perfect because nothing's ever going to be perfect to the world so i think that's awesome you say that because a lot of people I know think I want to be a perfectionist. I want things to be perfect. I want my first thing to be the best yeah. thing ever. My first podcast episode to be the best podcast. I'm like that's not how it works, buddy. You got to do it over and over and over again, and you get slightly better. I think we all have issues with and, like uh, analysis paralysis, right? We watch so many YouTube videos and read so much ed like educational information to where we think, okay, do I know enough information to take action now? But I almost mm. feel like that's that's a that's almost like a burden because you're now comparing yourself to what I need to do step by step to make sure that I have I have the perfect video. But what worked for one person is not going to work for the next person. And you know, timing is everything, the way you promote yourself, is something that you have unique, the way you talk, like everything plays into factor of of you know, a nice outcome and it's really hard to really create that on paper. So how are you trying to do it? So of course there's the music aspect of it, right? Writing the best music you can, the smartest lyrics. Uh, we were also talking about marketing and stuff, but what some other things that you have to learn that you didn't know uh, <laughs> to make you a better, better artist? Uh, well, I think I need to just be more confident because I am still just, I'm still surprised that people like me, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I am a homebody person that hates going outside and don't, I don't like big crowds and people are like, but you're trying to become a singer. So I get it. I absolutely get it. And my heart and my brain says, do this. But my heart and brain also says, are you ready? You know, like, and so like, I feel like I'm ready. It's just, it's just taking, taking that wall away and, and really just saying, who cares? what people think because in the end I'm going to be the one that's criticizing most of what's happening versus what people you know and I got to almost just use like the followers and even you guys reaching out and everybody else reaching out and using that as my motivation of no one's messaging me saying hey you suck stop singing if anything more people than ever are saying wow I, I can't wait till the next song comes out I can't wait to download the song I can't wait for your next cover and there's a, still that little voice in my head that says but Maybe people aren't saying anything because they don't like it. That's just the stupidest reason ever, though. But yeah, but you said it yourself. Like um, right now, you, know, you were saying like the, the, about the information paralysis and like just putting out your putting out yourself because it's never gonna be because mm -hmm. nothing you can do is gonna be like you know perfect for everyone. So you might as well just do it, I guess. <laughs> I I don't yeah. know. Well, even for like marketing, e-commerce marketing data is probably the most valuable information that you can have right but the only way that you collect data information is by testing and so even exactly song right i'm testing whether it sucks or is good but people will get feedback or i'll listen to it oh it could have been mixed better 
or I messed up the lyrics or the video quality sucked or whatever. But now my next video is just gonna be that much better. And I, and I think that's how people progress versus spending so much time on, you know, perfecting everything. And then you're setting yourself up for more disappointment if you don't like something after it goes live, so. And how do you deal with the, the feedback, like the criticism that you receive? Oh, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. That's the only way I've learned. If someone said like back in the day, hey, Travis, you need to sing with more emotion. What does that mean? Okay, let me Google it. <laughs> what is emotion? <laughs> Google emotion. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what that means. Or And a lot of times when people leave feedback because they're not musicians or singers, they'll say certain yeah. things that don't make sense. Right? Too vague. Yeah. yeah. Very general or, statements. So like someone would say, oh, your singing is flat. And I'm like, I don't think it was, but they, what they really meant was it could be more dynamic or, yeah. or different things. And so I had to just YouTube you know, it's like reading a book and you're like, what does this word mean? Okay, let me look at a profess just to make the context make more sense. So in the same way, people would comment things and I would just look it up and then kind of just use that to make the next video. Not as bad, I guess. Getting a little better with time. Yeah. And for a person who's introverted, how do you end up on a national game show? Well, they found me. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the they opportunities are just coming to you. <laughs> oh, so, so people okay. are just coming and find you looking for you, man. So I po I posted my first TikTok on July 11th and it went viral. And I, the funniest thing was, I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> like literally within 48 hours, I was at 6 million views. I was like, oh, why did I wait so long? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a curse though, because it's not that easy anymore. But uh, what happened was the next day, Fox reached out to me saying, hey, do you want to be on a TV show? But at the time I went viral, a lot of people were reaching out because I was a new face to TikTok. Hey, do you want to write a song together? Hey, will you do this? Hey, um, do you have an agent? Hey, do you have a marketing team? Like all, I would get all these emails. And so I was like, I don't know how to respond to these. Like, do I even respond to these? Or because I, I knew also I was still early, right? Like I did, I'm not gonna, and I'm very big on, I'm not gonna pay somebody for something that I can do myself because I'm very self independent. Um, and my biggest thing is if I'm going to pay somebody to do something or manage or whatever, I need to know how to do all that stuff first. So that way I can correct them if I notice that they're not doing something right. But they, so it's funny actually, Fox, and I told them this too, and I was like, your approach, the approach to me was the most random thing ever. So the executive producer emails me from his Yahoo email, not even a Fox email and says, Hey, we have a TV show. We saw your TikTok. We would love for you to be on it. Give me a call if you want more information. Uh, Very okay. professional. <laughs> so I said, can I text you? <laughs> so I texted and I was like, so like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> because there was that still like skepticism of like, okay, this could go really wrong or, but then also maybe this is a real opportunity. He just approached it bad, right? Yeah. And so the next day we started talking in text and he sent me links to, you know, an article about an upcoming show but there was no title for it yet so it was still pretty vague and i was new to the tv industry so i guess this was a normal approach as far as recruiting but be for me i just thought he was taking it like just you know i don't know a sugar daddy or something i don't know <laughs> so, but is it so really got, a, like a normal approach is that is that how they, they do it and yeah because they send out so many emails to almost yeah. anybody that is either somebody that they're seeking out 
whether it's a, a, a specific face or, or type of person that they want for the show or just somebody that goes viral. And so I don't think they have that much time to like customize the message because they're also casting for other shows at the same time. So okay. it's just more of who's hungrier to respond to this. And if we get a lead, then they're going to be the one that takes the opportunity, unfortunately, over the others. And luckily, he sent me articles and, you know, saying like Ken Jung's going to be the host. And this is the idea. Here's some links to um, articles about the Korean show where this is coming off of. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Like, this is a cool concept or whatever. And I was like, can you give me more information? And then at that point, he sent me over to like, a, I don't know the title, not a publicist, but just somebody that would handle the onboarding process of, okay, these are like the legal things. Here's some paperwork, review it before you, you know, want to continue through the process. But there was also this pressure of, so I was the last one casted and there was this pressure of, we want you on the show, but we also need you to sign this paperwork in the next 24 hours. <laughs> so once again, my skepticism was like, like, why is there so much pressure within a 48 hour turnaround? You know, but then what they said was, we're going to have you here in LA on this day. We're going to do this. We need you to come three days early for COVID testing. All of that stuff sounded pretty legit. And then I just had my dad read over the contracts because I hate reading. And I didn't want to go on a call with them going over the contract because if it is a scam, they're going to say what I want to hear. So I just, I just needed somebody. But once again, I'm not going to pay somebody to read this. So dad, read it for me. <laughs> So and I'm guessing your like, dad's your manager now. Basically. And it it came off pretty legit. So it worked out. But the, Amazing. the turnaround time was, was really quick, though. So after I signed the agreement, the contract, and the exclusivity and confidentiality stuff, they actually overnighted me the next day, you know, a bunch of ring lights, an iPhone, and whatever. And we did at-home interviews because they couldn't come out to, to film for the behind-the-scenes stuff or whatever. And then that was on a Friday and on sunday they sent me emails saying okay we booked you at this hotel can you drive out tomorrow which was a monday and like all that happened really really fast wow that's awesome and you were on a national game show do you want to tell us more about how that felt for you yeah it was it, it like i said it was a the most overwhelming and intimidating thing on day one and the mo and the most saddening and best experience ever on day 10 as far as like having to leave and and stop the journey of, of filming a tv show but I, I i honestly feel like there's a lot of people that perform on a daily basis and are, are and are really hey there's a guy behind me <laughs> it's, the, it's the south <laughs> it's the guy from jurassic park but the way he was the owner. Yeah, that's funny. Oh my god, I love um, that. Yeah, that's you. When how was it like meeting Ken Jung? I love Ken Jung. Ken Jung's a so, okay. So, guys, yeah. I, so I was, I was, I was happy about the opportunity. But when we got there, we found out that because of COVID, we couldn't like really shake hands, meet anybody. So it was. It was more of a when we're on stage, it's just strictly business. Like, hey, come yeah. on stage, do your part, and then walk off stage. But we couldn't hang around. Like, there was a quick, like, walking on stage, like, hey, Ken, but then that's pretty much it. So now, one thing that I regret, I don't regret it, but I regret when they asked me the question, or when he asked me the question at the end of the episode, 
I wish I said something like, dad, it's such an honor to be on your show or just something stupid like that. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> but I was yeah. nervous. Like I don't. So when he said like, how long have you been singing? I said something like I've been singing since I was 17. That's a lie. But you lied just, on national TV. <laughs> yeah, but I was just, I was so nervous. <laughs> and That's so, funny. <laughs> uh, but it, it was, I will still take it over than not having the opportunity, yeah. right? So. Yeah, obviously. It was your first time, it was your first time anything like that. Nothing can be perfect. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so that, was that show based on a Korean show? Yeah. You said? Oh, wow. All right. Bringing me the second question. You, you brought up BTS earlier. What's the thing with. How is K-pop so successful right now? And why is BTS such a huge thing? I mean, right now they just had another song come out that's also huge. I know that's nothing related to country. But I don't think anything I think it's knows. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's like Honestly, no one's okay. no when one's you watch like, the billboards, when you watch the billboards or the Grammys and they're performing, you it, they show the audience. It's not just Asian people singing along. <laughs> like there are like people of all ethnicities singing along to their lyrics. And I don't even know if people know what they're singing along to. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, they, have amazing. A, they have yeah. a very strong effect. Like even my sister, my 13 year old sister, she's, she really likes K-pop to the degree. She started trying to learn Korean. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how much they have an influence. And then like, it's crazy globally. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. Like, have you um, have you guys so on Netflix, there was a documentary on um, Blackpink. I haven't seen so it. They're, they're like no. the number one Korean girl group. So they're I, I know them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're the equivalent of BTS, basically. But it was interesting because I didn't. So I, I do know that Asian culture is very strict about like, you know, and the big the biggest example is Olympics, right? They you just train your whole life. You have no other option but to like become an Olympic. Olympic gymnast or whatever. And so I guess they have a school for, you know, past middle school where you onboard into an entertainment school. And I didn't know this until I watched the documentary. And so for eight years, these four girls are literally learning how to act, dance, sing, because their parents want them to be singers. Like that's the thing. And then they compete against other girl groups that are in the academy and one just makes it. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like that would never happen here, except for like American Idol, maybe, you know, competition, but. Right. Wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's hard work, right? And hard work. I mean, if you do train that hard and dance and yeah. to sing and perform, you are going to get that good over time. Um, That's why I suck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's a good. Do you think that's what, what it takes to become a great artist? Because I know. Not all artists do that. A lot of artists are just have a way different approach to more confident or more just like I guess know their own style. But it definitely depends yeah. on like, you know, experiences. It will definitely just like education, right? Experience will definitely land you probably more opportunities or when you get that opportunity, you'll be more skilled at it. Like if I had performed in bars and and cafes and stuff like that, then I probably would perform even better on the TV show. But and that just comes with time, like putting in the 10,000 hours for anything. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that there are opportunity. And I think a lot of it's timing, honestly, it's who you know, and when somebody falls upon you, right? You can go viral and then one person shares your video to a producer or something. And then that just like skyrockets you into the next phase. Whereas other people will never even ever have that opportunity. And so I think the biggest thing is consistency with whether it's your podcast, whether it's my music and just putting yourself out there because 
old content is still new content to new people that are discovering us. And yeah, so definitely. as long as the conversations are relevant and, and whatnot, but other than that, like a song will never get old to somebody that never knew about it. And so uh, that's the way, kind I want, of mindset. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to ask about is, uh, so, so you come off as like a, a funny, a funny person, to be honest, yeah, yeah, especially, <laughs> especially with your, the titles that you use for your songs as well. So like, how do you incorporate your, and why do you incorporate your comedy into your music in a sense? Um, so I don't take myself seriously whatsoever. Like you make fun okay. of me, I will not get offended, but just expect me to like say something back, but jokingly, right? Like, like of course, if you're going to you <laughs> be able to take it. Uh, but I, I also like, if I were to ever perform, like if you, if I'm on TikTok live, but if I were to perform on stage, I don't want to be serious. It's almost like the difference of like a work from home job versus a corporate job. I want the work from home job. And so that's how I want to perceive myself in a professional atmosphere of like, I want to be myself. I don't want to fake who I am. Like if honestly, when I'm on TikTok live, sometimes I'm like yawning and I'm like, sorry guys, I'm just tired, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like put eye drops in and drink an energy drink just to like, please people. Right. Like this is who I am. So yeah. if, uh, so luckily I'm not tired right now, you guys, cause this could go completely a different way, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that, that's just, I, I like, and I think people like that in a sense of it's kind of like when, when artists wear no makeup, right? Like that's me wearing no makeup. Like I'm not trying to do anything extra. And if I can put my humor into making country songs from rap songs or pop songs or parodies or whatever, then I want to do that. Do I want to be the next Weird Al Yankovic? Absolutely not. But I don't want to, I don't want to go that avenue. But I think because of TikTok, like people, ex people expect honestly like ADD content on TikTok, right? And if that's going to yes, get attention very true. to take my, my serious stuff more serious, then I'm absolutely fine with doing that because that's also my personality on TikTok. So like, if I were to sing live Eyes Like Mine, the song that's coming out, I will probably smile or laugh at some point in the song. Not because I'm dissing on my own song, but because it's also uncomfortable to be that serious for three minutes. Like that's just like, I'm the person in an awkward elevator that just starts laughing because it's so awkward. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the type of guy who would probably mention it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I like just being chill and I like just having a good time and just trying to not fake be a fake exactly yeah. i mean yeah being authentic is um is awesome it's uh because you can do whatever you want to do you don't have to do what other people tell you to do so i want to know um do you see yourself doing country music moving forward you want to try different genres oh can you hear that or... yep yes we can <laughs> you can stop that's all good we're good now you did it but, first. Uh, yeah what is like what um Say you have goals and you have deadlines and stuff. What do you think of is the future of privacy? Wait, what, what happened? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? We're on a podcast. <laughs> Travisy, <laughs> what do you think is the future? Do you love doing okay. country? Um, do you want to do more different genres? Do you want to? Oh, actually, I, okay. I just thought of something that has, yeah. has to do with my story. So, okay, so so like eight years ago, I posted my first YouTube video, and the intention of that was more. Can I be famous? I think everyone at some point in their mind has like a, whether it's a parent of a kid or somebody just like, what can I do to either make a lot of money or be famous, right? Whether you pursue it or not, like everyone just has a dream of like, 
how can how can I be on the same level as somebody else without knowing what the work you know load is? So I posted a video of me singing Wilson Phillips song on YouTube after Bridesmaid came out because I that song was fun. And when I was singing it, people actually commented saying, "Oh, that's so cool that you turned this on country." But once again, that wasn't the intention. Yeah. So that's actually a good fact that I should just keep in my story. And and then I <laughs> nice practice, nice practice. This is great practice. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> so when I started posting like acapella covers on Instagram, and the funny thing is, I am more comfortable singing without any music because that's how I learned how to sing. I can't play guitar, I can't play piano. So whenever I posted on Instagram, it was 15 second covers, you know, during the Vine days and stuff like that, where it was just me singing on the phone and then posting it acapella. That's the only way I knew how to do music because I didn't have equipment, I didn't have software or anything. And so like when it comes to auditions, perfect when it comes to singing on a national television show with music oh my god horrible with in-ears and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, and that's maybe another reason why i'm afraid of live shows because i can't play with instruments and if someone else is controlling the guitar i also know that, that that's a disadvantage because they could also screw the whole thing up for me or like a sound engineer or whatnot i don't have control at that point which is the scariest thing ever and so i think a lot of people started requesting country songs because my voice just lended well to that and I honestly think that's how I started getting introduced to to country music. People were making suggestions and and that's what kind of when I started taking it more seriously. And then I started really, really enjoying singing country music, even though I have no experience in what I'm singing as far as the storytelling. But I just I loved singing it. And then I started just taking it more seriously and then kind of just pursued it. Once again, random. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, randomness sometimes irony leads to things that are amazing. Yeah. Like Dogecoin. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's find out more fun facts about your artist. No use new section. Fun facts about your favorite artist. Travis, did you play any video games? I did. <laughs> Not anymore. No, I literally was <laughs> the are... king of Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct back in the day. Like I could go Let's I go. Could go to the arcade and challenge you and be like, I will beat you. I remembered every finish move, every special move. Like I literally was like, I'm confident to say I could be anybody in Mortal Kombat. Honestly, yeah. finish him. That's good. So yeah, I, nowadays <laughs> right, awesome. I don't just because I, it's one of those things where I would love to, but I know how time consuming and how invested I would get because once I start a game, I have to finish it. And so I am glad Blockbuster closed and I'm glad Hollywood video closed because I used to rent two games <laughs> no. a week. Like, <laughs> I used to rent two games a week and my goal was to get it before I have to return it. And it created that whole like, you know, I'm sure you guys are the same in summer. Once you had summer off from school, you'd be up until the sun comes up and you're like, oh, I got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. True. Playing a new game. True. Yeah. All right. That's a fun fact. Uh, Saeed, you have more fun fact questions about the artist? Um, is is country music actually your favorite genre? It is. I, I feel. What what was your favorite genre before? I didn't care about music. Seriously, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't grow up on music, so I just listened to whatever people listen to. But I didn't selectively turn on the radio or anything. Okay, so then what was? Did you have a favorite song or anything like that, or is just like in general nothing? Literally nothing. <laughs> Like I, I, I was, I was an introvert that was in my room playing video games. Right. And when you're playing video games and you have headphones on, you don't listen to music. And so I, I, like, I knew about like growing up, I would say they're not influences. I guess they would be 
because it's what I only knew. But what I list, what my parents listened to would be like Rod Stewart and Earth, Wind and Fire and Temptations. And then growing mm. up in high school, you know, Boys to Men and and Usher and, and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't anything that inspired me to sing because that was just stuff I listened to. It wasn't it had nothing to do with my music career whatsoever because I didn't know I was going to have a music career. And so I guess there are certain things that you I could say, maybe looking back, have some kind of inspiration to what I'm doing, but I don't mm -hmm. know how it's associated because there's this big gap of not pursuing music from listening to songs and then now singing them. So I, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. Once again, I have no, that's fair. Hey, sometimes it just happens. I mean, we found yeah. out recently, we interviewed an art director and she told us how Van Gogh started at the age of 27. That was when he first started painting at the age of 27. Yeah. So just, I don't know, sometimes everyone is right. Yeah, everyone like that. People just like, people can blossom like, uh, like can be late bloomers, I guess, or exactly just pick yeah. up interest later on in their lives. They don't have to start well, so early. So I, I don't know how you, do you guys know how old I am? Uh, 24. <laughs> I don't, I would say maybe 27, 26. So I guess this would be a shocker. I'm actually 36. Wow. So, okay. So thank God for jeans, right? Gap and Banana Republic and American Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but so I started, I started, I started my singing journey at 29. So the funny thing is a lot of people will say, oh, you should audition for American Idol. And I have to say, well, actually I'm too old to audition for it because they have an age cap at 28. I would love to be on American Idol. I'm too old for it. So, um, but I think, I think it does help with like, besides the genetics, but I, I feel like I have good energy. And mm -hmm. so I think, I think it, hopefully that's what keeps people engaged with like the journey and, and, you know, my authenticity and how transparent I am and, and whatever. But, uh, when I first started singing, I had that exact same mindset of like, am I too old to like start this opportunity? So it did start as a hobby, right? Just like, oh, let's just see where it goes. And then I started realizing, like, as I was getting more into country music, a lot of country musicians don't start until late. Luckily for me, whereas like pop, it's like 15, 16, right? You mold them into like the superstar. But if you think about it, like how many 16 year old country singers do you know? Zero. The, the one kid, yeah. the one kid. There's that one kid. Oh, Mason Ramsey. Yeah, Mason Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. He was like yeah. the Walmart kid, right? Or something? The Walmart yeah. kid. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what about Taylor, Taylor Swift? Didn't she start off as a country? Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple. <laughs> but compared to like that's pop, amazing. compared to like Justin Bieber right. and, and stuff like that, right? Like, yeah. That's typical in pop music. But in country music, like, I don't know when Tim McGraw started, but I don't think he started when he was 15. Or maybe he did, right. but like really pursuing it. And there's like, when you hear about like George Strait or Garth Brooks, like you don't picture them as a young person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's good part point. Of yeah, because yeah. they have deep, rich voices. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that in the age of 15. Puberty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically still going through puberty. <laughs> exactly. All right. I'll I want to ask you one one more question about uh, fun facts about Travis C. Do you want to tell us? Do you have like a passion or like a hobby you like to do? Other um, than I'm literally so I know about. <laughs> I, I yeah. am the most basic. So okay. So fun fact <laughs> is my next song is called Nothing Fancy, <laughs> and the reason for that is because I'm literally the lowest maintenance person ever. Like I don't buy clothes. I eat fast food every day. I like don't like expensive restaurants. I don't care what car I have. I could literally live in a 10 by 10 room as long as the Wi-Fi is good. So maybe that's like my highest expectation. But I 
could care less. Like I am pretty satisfied with just having like, you know, good internet, good TV and a cell phone. <laughs> Maybe. So you're a minimalist but, in a sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I just wear plain gray, black and white t-shirts. I hate brands. Like, but a fun fact is I am a germaphobe <laughs> pre COVID, but it's not a germaphobe when it comes to like touching things. So like when I worked at a sandwich shop, I unplugged a toilet with my bare hands and there was poop in there and I just took it out oh. and I washed my hands. No big deal. But I'm a germaphobe when it comes to things that mess with my food. So for example, be before masks, I hate when you're at a restaurant, the hostess is holding your food. She's on her way to your table. But then another coworker stops her and they start talking while she's holding the tray and they're talking over the food because people spit when they talk. And that bothers yeah. me, especially when I see it in slow motion, I'm just like, no, like, <laughs> just, that's my food. So I also have like a, a what's the word? A pet peeve of sitting across yeah. from people eating because most people don't chew all the food and swallow it before they start talking. You put food in your mouth and you start talking naturally. And I that's, that's most people, but I, it, I stare at their mouths. And then it's funny because at some point in the conversation, something will come up. And the second I bring it up, then they get very self-conscious like, Oh my God, I'm sorry if I like spit or whatever, but you know, you don't know that. Uh, the biggest thing for me before COVID it has always been when people blow up birthday candles and then everyone's eating it. That's always grossed me out. So I've yeah, always, always scraped the top of the frosting off because I'm like, I don't want your slab. I don't want your <laughs> whatever you have. Yeah, I don't know if you if you've ever used those candles that uh, what's it called that they like, like mini fireworks things. Yeah. You know, it's like this, they let out the sparks. So those like release a lot of you know chemicals onto the cake. And yeah, when I I really try to avoid those as well, especially since I don't want to eat cake that has you know fucking gunpowder or some shit yeah, in it. it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm not gonna eat that. You know, it's like staying away so it's and it's a good I, thing i don't eat cake in general so yeah. i feel like i'm extreme i don't even share water bottles with my mom or a straw or if like if you know like typical say we're at a family meal right say you guys are my family and we're like you have a steak um one of you has meatloaf and i have ch chicken right I'll, I'll share with you guys some of my chicken but say you cut into your steak and you take a bite and then you offer me hey do you want a piece of this because you've already stuck your fork in your mouth and put it back in the steak. Nope, I'm good. I won't try it. That's just, that's, that's my, I'm also, of yeah, Travis here. <laughs> I'm also a very picky eater. So like, I love barbecue. I love American food, like burgers and hot dogs all day, French fries, but I don't like sauces. So like if I eat a salad, there's no dressing on it. I eat it dry. If I eat a sandwich, it's just meat. I eat it dry. Um, cereal without milk. Like I actually hate flavor. So potato chips, only original ever. I've never had alcohol coffee in my life <laughs> and I've only had soda once in my life and I hated it. <laughs> That's an interesting amazing. Yeah, All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're at the final section of uh, our show, which is a fast question. I'm going to say some words and you just want to tell me yes or no. What no. do you think? All right. Tractors. <laughs> tractors. tractors. Wait, I'm, saying, tractors. I'm saying yes or no. Sorry. Tractors. Yes. No. no. <laughs> uh, cowboy hats. No. Cowboys. Nah. Beer? Nope. Um, guns? No, this is easy. <laughs> um, well then, that's uh, that's. Wait, wait, what, one more, for, one for me, one for me, one for me. Go for uh, it. Uh, Travis Scott. <laughs> 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 
Duh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we got a yes. There we go. Let's go. All right. This has been another episode of H the Show. Thanks, Travis. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, glad you came on the show, Travis. Is there anything you want to shout out or say before we wrap up? Um, I'm disappointed that some the the park leader didn't let the dinosaurs out because I really wanted to see. Them. <laughs> I also I wish that yeah they let the dinosaurs out. Come, can come out of the cage now. We're wrapping up the podcast. Because part of part of me <laughs> part of me started to believe that that red bird feeder was actually like a piece of liver. <laughs> yeah, right. The T Rex comes up and just goes. Whoosh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> man, when you notice that guy in the background, I was like, I'm like, is Brian there? Is Brian, <laughs> Brian in North Carolina? No, exactly. Brian yeah. is basically his roommate in LA. So <laughs> he's literally the up. way that he was walking by was like typical, like in like where he was like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like the father from get out <laughs> like I, actually i actually want to clip just from that when you when you save this i want a clip of the creepy guy <laughs> like or something. I don't know hey no 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 don't call him a creepy guy he's a cool guy yes okay, exactly. okay. you're just walking through yeah exactly <laughs> but it was Amazing. like slow motion it was perfect <laughs> yeah it was iconic all right this has been another episode of at the show travis you have a new uh single coming out right soon by the time this podcast out it'll be out do you want to tell us more about it yeah i think there's a song coming out <laughs> uh, yeah it's called eyes like mine <laughs> it's called eyes like mine it comes out june 11th and then the music video comes out june 14th and oh, you can wow. just listen to it wherever we'll be sharing the links all right i'll be celebrating all right all right all right <laughs> uh see you guys uh, awesome podcast and uh cheers all right goodbye cheers